Okay, so, ooh, this is familiar. Starting it off again. Okay. <laughs> Hello, my name is Miguel Almario, and welcome to Speak. This is a show about empowering people in their mental health journey. And if you want to support us, please consider following our club's social media at the I Am Collective. This episode is about systems and institutions and their role in how we see ourselves and society. I hope you enjoy the show today. So this is technically the second time we've started this off. Uh, my internet crashed like basically 10 minutes into the first recording. And, you know, that's beautiful. It's never happened before, but we're, we're breaking a lot of boundaries today. Uh, this episode is quite special in the history of this show. Uh, it kind of goes to to show how far we've kind of come in the last few months. But if you weren't aware, this show is based in Calgary, Alberta. And so far, all the guests that we've had on have been from Calgary. And secondly, we don't typically do episodes be, uh, beyond uh, myself and one guest. And today, we threw both those things out the window. And also the, the whole streak of no technical difficulties, you know, all of that went out. Uh, and we're lucky enough today to have two very interesting fellows from the University of Manitoba, and I'm beyond excited uh, for what we have to share today. And, you know, I've done a lot of talking so far, so I'll kind of let them go at it. Uh, these guys are Joseph and Daniel, and I'll let them introduce themselves. So we'll start with Joseph. Awesome. Thanks, Miguel. Uh, so first off, uh, we really appreciate you inviting us on to speak about men's health. Um, I guess just a little bit about myself. My family actually moved from from the Philippines to Canada um, when I was seven. So been living in Winnipeg for uh, my entire life, most of my entire life. Um, and yeah, like uh, Miguel said, we're both studying at the University of Manitoba. Um, I'm in my fifth year of the Asper School of Business and I am studying accounting, uh, hoping to land a full-time job next May. Um, I guess just to give you guys a little bit of a background on my relationship or connection with Miguel, Miguel and I actually met at JDC West this past January before COVID. Um, and uh, so other sort of um, extracurricular commitments I've made uh, within school is also like being uh, the co-captain of JDC this year, uh, being president of the accounting association, um, being involved with the entrepreneurship group. Uh, so yeah, I've really tried to dip my toe into uh, everything uh, within school and also within the community. Um, and then I've just been very blessed with opportunities to get involved with school. Um, I would say like people have really taken a chance on me when uh, they didn't have to, but uh, yeah, I'm very lucky for where I am. And uh, I just want to say like shout out to my girlfriend uh, for just continuing to validate my feelings and um, my thoughts. Uh, my girlfriend and my, my family are really my uh, main support system when it comes to life. Beautiful. So that was all very well said. We'll go to Daniel now. Uh, yeah, so as uh, Joseph said, once again, thank you so much for having us. I hope we can add some perspective and maybe some spice from Manitoba uh, to your Calgary-based podcast. Uh, yeah, we're super excited to be here. Uh, what I really liked, like what intrigued me to your podcast was uh, just the genuinity of the whole podcast as a whole um, and kind of your mission uh, really struck with me and with Joseph uh, we were talking about. So um, 
I think we'll have a great conversation today. I'm a little bit about myself. I'm in my fifth year as well at Oscar um, and uh, at the University of Manitoba, and I'm doing an accounting and finance major. Uh, once again, just like Joseph, I'm uh, trying to land a full-time job, hopefully in May. Uh, we'll see how everything goes with COVID and everything, but fingers crossed. Um, just like uh, Joseph, uh, I'm also actually a first-generation immigrant uh, moving from Russia when I was uh, like about one years old. So basically Canadian, but I was born in Russia. So that's, I guess, a unique thing about me. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I like to think of myself as an entrepreneur. Like I like to always seek how things can be done differently or done better. And like, as we're going to talk about today, how institutions can be better and how we can make uh, changes in our life that can affect lives around us and people that look up to us uh, and our family members and whatnot. Um, and I tend to be fairly active on social media. Um, like I like talking about um, certain topics like current events. Uh, we'll get kind of into all those kinds of things today. Um, and then like at school, like I guess like for involvement, I've done similar things as Joseph mentioned for himself. I've been part of student council, a uh, variety of different student groups because uh, in high school, I really didn't get involved. So that I thought that university was the best chance to kind of get a clean slate, uh, start building up my resume, start building up my connections. Um, and uh, yeah, so super excited to have uh, to be here and uh, let's, get it, let's get it going. Amazing. So we have two uh, really interesting guys, at least uh, if you couldn't tell at this point. Uh, first, I want to say big thank you. Big thank you for, you know, reaching out and wanting to be a part of the show. Uh, I will say that one, it takes a lot of courage to go out in public and speak on behalf of yourself and your perspectives and your feelings and whatnot. And it also takes a lot of courage to uh, approach someone that you aren't very familiar with. And just a big disclaimer, uh, me and Joseph did meet last year at JDC, but we only spoke for maybe five minutes. And Daniel and I had no idea who each other were until this time Monday. So a uh, lot of barriers being broken, a lot of bridges being crossed. And uh, again, really big shout out to you guys for extending yourselves outward. And hopefully by the end of this episode, we have shared a lot of very valuable experience and very valuable insight into the world today. And yeah, I'm just overall very excited for what we have today. Um, and firstly, just to kind of go into uh, the topics at hand, we're going to be discussing the, the world today, uh, and that is current events, the different systems and institutions at play currently, as well as you know their role in how we see ourselves and how we see other people uh, situations and whatnot. So uh, the first thing that we want to discuss is, yes, obviously this year has been quite an interesting one to say the least. And I feel at this point, it is very cliche to say that it's something that's kind of been driven into the ground. Uh, it is particularly stressful from the standpoint of uh, injustice. And with the pandemic at hand, that sort of pushed out uh, all the underlying problems that have that have existed for a long time and continue to exist to this day. And particularly, we see that with racial injustice. And of course, there, there have been a, a plethora of different issues from uh, environmental, et cetera, that have you know, come to surface in, in light of COVID-19. But uh, particularly, we want to focus on racial injustice today and how the pandemic has seemed to make that even more of a contentious subject with you know, all of us kind of staying at home and watching things 
transpire and things burn down from the comfort of our own homes. It is a very weird sensation. And it's a very weird place to be for a lot of people. And uh, a sensation that a lot of people can kind of sympathize with is this feeling of isolation and how that we feel the need to act and want to act for the sake of good, but it sometimes isn't clear exactly how we can go about doing that. And the first discussion I want us to have today is, you know, from that standpoint and uh, from being a person sitting at home and looking at current events, how has this sort of shaped your perception of action and particularly good action in order to, you know, break down these barriers and institute real change? You know, how have you guys kind of seen uh, the idea of action and your relationship with it? Uh, I think we'll start with Joseph. Yeah, so um, I guess like to start things off, I'm wearing a Colin Kaepernick jersey. So that does speak to where I stand on um, racial injustice. Uh, there's no place for it. Um, and anywhere of in anywhere with society, whether it's with uh, black people, whether it's with indigenous people, whether it's like minorities, um, disabled, um, you name it, the list goes on. Um, but particularly with uh, like the Black Lives Matter movement, um, which has been very uh, 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 prevalent uh, with this year um, in terms of uh, on social media and uh, just how horrific the events have been um, one after the other. Uh, to sort of speak on the current events, I, I think the biggest thing is I understand the privilege that I have in terms of speaking out and being able to raise awareness. Um, one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to Miguel and uh, talk about men's men mental health is because I feel like my mental health has really um, took a uh, very big hit in terms of um, myself consuming all of this uh, information and consuming just all the mistreatment that uh, Black people have faced for 400 years now. Um, and no one... and no one has done anything about it. Uh, there's still police brutality every single day. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate because like the only ones that we really know of are the ones that are uh, videotaped uh, on camera and, uh, you know, the ones that we're seeing on social media. But, you know, this is a real issue um, when it comes to society uh, today, uh, whether like whichever part you are in the world um but most most uh, certainly uh you the, like the uh, like the uh, uh us um and so i think that uh, for myself like my perception of action is just learning to focus on the things that i can control and everything else that i can't control is something that you know that i can sort of just educate myself more on and uh provide myself and equip myself with uh, the tools necessary to sort of uh, take that next level of action. So um, I would say like a lot of the... Did Joseph disconnect or did I disconnect? I think Joseph disconnected. Ah, okay. So Joseph has dropped off the call. I think he'll he'll join us again in a bit. But he's he said a lot of very important uh, points here, particularly with when we look outward and we we understand our privilege in these the circumstances, uh, the, it really governs how we, we view ourselves and the impact of our action. And before 
we kind of continue, I continue for Daniel, how have you kind of seen your relationship with action at this point? Um, so yeah, before Joseph cut off there, I think I, I fully agree with everything he said. Um, there shouldn't be any sort of uh, misunderstandings or debates around racial injustice, uh, which we've seen a lot this year. Um, I think one of the points that Joseph really hit nail on the head was uh, with knowing kind of our place in the role as a whole. Um, I think one of the most important things is just if you have the ability to be a voice for the voiceless, um, that's a task you can take on. And that's something that I've kind of uh, done. And I think uh, he really uh, kind of drove that home where it comes to comes down to being uh, taking things in moderation. Uh, when it comes to social media, like social media can be a great, amazing tool, um, but it can also be the worst thing in the world at times. You scroll through your feed, all you see is uh, COVID this, COVID that. You see Black Lives Matter. You see racial injustices um, all across the world. Um, there was like the SARS issue in Africa, all these things. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of sad when you're sitting in your own room and you feel like there's not really much of a difference you can change. Like, unfortunately, I can't just go and and uh and fix the whole black lives matter injustice like from my own seat um but i think it's just something that we have to kind of keep building towards and also um it really is important to check in with yourself and kind of know where you're at um because uh, once again as joseph mentioned um it takes a toll on you mentally when you're just there's all this infeed of all this information and you're just taking it in um and at some point it becomes a lot um, and you kind of stop believing in yourself and you have doubts about where you stand uh, and how your role can uh, play into the broader issue. Um, and then that just goes into a quote that I always tell myself and I write in my journal every so now uh, often is be comfortable being uncomfortable. I think it's really important um, that in this, especially with COVID and being in this lockdown, um, it's really important to, like I said, kind of check in with yourself and realize your privilege. I come from a place where I feel like I have a lot of privilege. I don't, I can't, um, I definitely can't relate to what some of these people are going through with racial injustice. Um, and I'm very uh, grateful to be put in that sort of kind of life where I can uh, sit in the comfort of my own home and raise awareness on these issues. And I think that's uh, something that's like God just blessed me with. And it's, it's really important to realize uh, like the kind of glass half full approach where Yes, there's uh, so much going on in your life, um, but things could be a lot worse. And uh, it's really important to kind of take a step back. And I think a big, a big thing, a big human behavior is that we always think that we always tend to overweigh um, the ungrateful aspects, ungrateful things in our life, and then we underweigh all the things we're grateful for. And then we have this kind of misalignment where there's so many things to be grateful for, but for some reason, and that's just a human nature, and I'm guilty for that. I'm assuming you guys can relate to that too. We always pick out the bad things in life, and that's what we focus on. And I think it's really important to kind of take a step back, look at your life in general, um, and re really re evaluate not just your privilege, but what you're grateful for um, and all those kinds of things. Um, and I guess I'll end off this question by saying another important thing is just to pause, um, take some time. Uh, like we were saying, like we've been drilling in, like take some time to yourself to realize where you stand with the issues. Uh, it's really important to kind of pause and you don't need to always be active on social media. You don't need to always be up to date with the news if that's not what's in your best interest and best for your mental health. It's really good to kind of pause on that. Um, and uh, I mean, I've been journaling every now and then for the past couple of years. Um, and the four things I always kind of 
my the way I structure my journal, and that's another topic, I guess. But um, I I'd say one thing I'm grateful for. Uh, one thing that made me feel vulnerable uh, in the day one acknowledgement uh, about like how I feel or something that happened positively in my day, um, and then finding clarity where I kind of just go over my goals and where I see myself. And I feel like that help it's helpful for me, not for everyone, but it really keeps me grounded and really takes me back to like um, like. I don't know, like this person said hello to me at the store or something today as, as just like a small point of gratitude. Um, and I think just grounding yourself and realizing that there are things to be grateful for is really helpful when it comes to these matters. But like I said, it's really important to kind of see where we stand with the issue. And if we do have a voice, kind of be a voice for the voiceless um, and kind of make their issues be heard because we do come from a place of privilege where we do have the right to uh, free speech and the right to kind of address where we stand with the issue. Hmm. Very beautifully said. I think uh, Joseph and Daniel both touched on something really big here and something that has become more and more of an issue for a lot of people. And it has been our relationship with social media and our, our uh, constant view of the world through this, you know, the lens of your phone. And for a lot of us, we, uh, kind of get relegated to to just feeling like an observer and feeling isolated and feeling extremely helpless. And it is a very difficult uh, relationship to kind of manage because on one hand, you feel very passionately for these people and you feel a great de- degree of empathy and sympathy for the, the issues that are currently happening with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and even with just the general angst of COVID and the the difficulties that it's been putting on to countries, on the economy, et cetera, et cetera, you definitely feel this degree of helplessness. And uh, what Daniel and Joseph both kind of touched on is, you know, reclaim what you can and understand how much you can control and how much you can, one, influence other people to to have a voice in this in these issues and recognize their privilege in in these matters, but also, you know, understand that if you're feeling distressed in these moments and you're feeling extreme anxiety from perceiving outward or perceiving things outward and uh, seeing the degree of injustice that's happening, if you're feeling un- uneasy about it, it's because you care. And at the end of the day, it's something that uh, you should take some relief over because you do recognize that there are issues in the world and you do recognize that you want those to be resolved for people. And I guess the next point under this, this conversation would be, you know, how have uh, you both have talked about this dynamic that you, you intend on striking in social media and that idea of regaining control. And, you know, we've, we've seen that in this kind of negative light uh, so far with, how it affects your mind and how it affects other people. And that can weigh a ton. But since understanding that and understanding that relationship and, you know, trying to regain that sense of agency over yourself and how you see your emotions, how you see other people, uh, how have uh, current events and this relationship kind of changed or altered your perception of yourself? And uh, how have you kind of, you know, uh, learned from what's been happening nowadays, and we'll go in reverse. We'll start with Daniel this time. Uh, honestly, great question. I think it's great to kind of uh, talk about the negatives that we see, and then also how we specifically have changed through this process. Because 
so many lives have uh, been changed by un- injustice. And luckily, some lives have been changed more dramatically than others. Some people lose their lives, unfortunately. Um, some people uh, face mental health um, issues um, in terms of taking in all this media and not knowing where they stand. Um, so I think everyone uh, kind of faces the injustice in the world uh, just at different points. Um, and unfortunately, some more than, more than others. Um, personally, I've realized um, that I have a big role in shaping the world of the future. And I think that's something that all millennials, all Gen Zers, uh can say, can agree with that. It is really important um, that we do take things into our hands. Everything from Black Lives Matter and racial injustice to things like COVID to global warming. There's so many issues. I feel that this is the best time. Uh, it, it, you can see it as the best time or the worst time to be living. You can see it as the best time in terms of this is our time now to change things, or you can see it as the worst time as being ungrateful for, like I said, ungrateful for the smaller things in life um, and kind of being ungrateful to uh, our predecessors and people who kind of left us with this world. But I think regardless, um, I think it's really important to have a future outlook and not look about the things that have been done in the past, but what are we going to do moving forward? What kinds of steps are we going to take to uh, move the Black Lives Matter into full gear and really uh, get the justice that uh, these individuals deserve. Same with Indigenous lives in, in Manitoba, in Canada. What are we going to do to change these issues? Um, I feel like these are all like super important issues of our generation that we're going to ultimately have to solve um, or we're going to keep bearing these negative consequences um, from individual to individual. Um, and I've also realized the uh, like validation on social media is huge. We always post things on social media. Um, and like I said, social media can be the best tool, but can also be the worst tool um, to ourselves. And what I've realized over this time is that um, there's a lot of toxicity on social media. And I've always grown up wanting everyone to like me, like in high school, like I hated the f- knowing that like somebody didn't like me for something that I did or you know, the way I looked or what have you. So that's always been something that's been really hard for me to overcome is how do I stand for what I believe in, um, but also not be like the unpopular opinion in the room, I guess. And what I've realized is you can't have both. You, at some point, there's a trade-off and nobody's, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to agree with your opinions, um, but that's okay because I feel like we have a role. Um, and like I said, we have a voice, especially for those who are voiceless. Um, so we kind of have the privilege to share these things. And although it sometimes may be the unpopular opinion in the room or the unpopular post on Instagram that everybody's debating and some people may disagree with, I think that we do come from a place where, um, I mean, it's okay to for people to disagree. Um, that's what debates are about. And I think it's really important to kind of take that into our hands. And for me, it was just important to embrace the fact that uh, I have a personal agenda. I have... Uh, things that I want to accomplish in life. I have like end goals. I I have goals on where I see the world 10 years from now and how we have a role in that, like I mentioned. And I think kind of pushing our egos aside and kind of putting aside that theory of everybody in the room having to like you, I think is a really important thing, at least for me, uh, and kind of being comfortable to voice my opinion on social media. Um, and I mean, you always get people who disagree with you um, and uh, that can kind of even feed into the imposter syndrome of uh, where you feel like you're not qualified, like you'll have um, debates with individuals, whether it's about Black Lives Matter or 
I had a conversation with somebody or a debate, I guess, on COVID last week on social media. Um, and there are times where you have the unpopular opinion and you will get criticized for your opinion and it may make you feel like you're not qualified. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, we all have a voice. At the end of the day, we all have our opinions. And I think it's really important to voice our opinions, especially for the, for the people who can't voice theirs. Mm -hmm. Very beautifully said. Uh, before I jump in, Joseph, uh, you know, same question. How have, uh, how has current events and your relationship with, uh, you know, social media and your agency, how has that kind of affected uh, your self-perception? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Daniel actually gave a lot of uh, good uh, information there because um, one thing I do want to wrap this into is just like, when I watched the, the Social Dilemma documentary, it really hit home because I felt like a lot of the things that I'm consuming, a lot of the, the, uh, the posts, the graphics that I'm uh, encountering every single day, they're st strategically placed there for me to feel some sort of way. And it's a way for me to continue scrolling through my social media feeds, really going to the very bottom of the feed, uh, understanding like what everyone's up to, what everyone's saying about certain issues and caring what other people, like what caring about the stance of other people. I mean, it's good to, to be considerate of what other people are saying, but also I think you have to understand that you have to um, learn and also uh, think on your, think for yourself as well, because I with social media, you can be easily influenced by misinformation um, and in terms of uh, convincing you to think a certain way, to, um, to go against a certain group. And uh, so I think you have to really be able to think for yourself, critically think for yourself. And uh, that takes a lot of uh, vulnerability which then, you know, ties in like being self-aware. And so being self-aware of, you know, what are your trigger points? What are the things that are going to sort of take you, uh, you know, take you out of your day? And what are some of the things that are uh, going to emotionally trigger you as well? Um, because I had a lot of those uh, moments, you know, that cognitive dissonance with within the, like, just understanding all of this information I never watched a George Floyd video that was eight minutes long, but seeing all the 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 protest and how people can perceive it as you know riots or rather like the media just focusing on the violence, but meanwhile they never really dug deep into you know why are these uh, actions being taken? It's because people are have had enough, and you know the system hasn't changed. People like the important representatives in uh, in our society are not listening either. And um, so I, I think it, it just, it's just a matter of, um, yeah, just being able to sort of uh, think for yourself uh, and then uh, with thinking for yourself as well, um, Daniel already touched on like the imposter syndrome. I, I feel that in a lot of ways as well when it comes to, uh, you know, co like talking about COVID, talking a lot about the Black Lives Matter movement. Not everyone is going to be on the same page as you or on the same wavelength, you know, like you can't expect like, you know, the terminology that we use is like being woke, right? And, but the thing is like, every everyone is going to be, uh, you know, 
it's come is gonna come into that realization of like what the reality is for certain people uh, in different parts of their lives, and uh, you know that because like our like for example our parents they come from a different generation they've been conditioned and wired differently than us so yes we might you know they might see they might you you might uh, see your parents as being outdated or uh, not with the times but um, you have to sort of be patient and also educate them on these issues. Um, and uh, as well, just like, you know, I think also just not discrediting yourself, the, the voice that you have, there's, yeah, there's a reason why you care about certain things. There's a, there's a reason why you um, want to stand up for certain issues. And Miguel said this at the very beginning of the podcast, it's because we care. And so uh, it doesn't make you less of a person if you don't care about certain issues, but you do have to understand sort of the responsibility and the privilege that you have. Um, and uh, the, the minimum that we can do is by educating ourselves on just what the issues are and being aware of them. Um, and then last point I want to make is just about self-esteem. So with self-esteem, I, I know after watching The Social Dilemma and also just um, learning, like being more aware about the Black Lives Matter movement, it really made me uh, critically analyze who I'm following, who's following me. Because with social media, you sort of have access to everyone's like um, profiles, right? And uh, once I sort of figure out that like some people were not as, you know, vocal or... Um, worried about other things in life, uh, which they can rightfully do so. Um, I felt like I needed to sort of uh, remove those people out of my, my uh, you know, my sort of uh, feed. And uh, so, yeah, don't, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be afraid whatsoever on sort of pulling that trigger and unfollowing people if, uh, because it's, it, it is social media. It's, you know, be, one like how you treat someone in person is different from how, like how you you should feel with um how you interact with them on social media right it doesn't break the relationship it just means that like you guys see you guys are uh you guys see differently and um you just have to accept that and uh yeah just do more do more like a social media audit of um sort of who you want to present yourself to other people um yeah. Hmm. And I think um, Daniel and Joseph had a, a lot of very valuable things to say there. And I think I want to jump back to a point that Daniel introduced first. And that was, you know, we, we are very exposed to media online and we are exposed to a plethora of different things. And it's really important to, you know, keep that, that point in mind that you people are seeing different things depending on where they are. And you're really, uh, you're, you're, you have to walk this really thin line of, you know, how much can I personally commit to this versus, you know, how much am I letting uh, the, the outside world kind of impact my life and my self-perception to the point where, you know, you're feeling helpless perpetually. And that's not a point that we can ever accept indefinitely because, you know, you might want all the good in the world, but you can't really be a part of that change if you're just stuck feeling helpless. And I think that's a, 
that's a position that a lot of people end up finding themselves in. And with what Joseph said too, that, you know, there is a lot of different media out there and your family can sometimes be against, you know, what you've, you fundamentally deem as the right step forward. And it's, it, it becomes really, really difficult when it seems that, you know, the entire environment around you hasn't exactly, uh, you know, evolved to a point that you are comfortable saying that we've made progress as a society or we made progress as people. And it becomes really difficult when you start looking at things holistically because you want to believe that we, we've, we've been doing good. And you want to believe that, you know, the people that you're closest with are on the same page as you are when it comes to, you know, injustice and when it comes to uh, global issues. But sometimes it's not easily the case. So with what Joseph said as well, well, you need to kind of reevaluate, you know, who you're letting within your circle and who, who you're seeing and who you're allowing to see your, your material and who you are. It's, it's kind of difficult to, you know, accept that your perspective is the only one or your perspective is the right one when everyone around you uh, is seeing different things and expressing things in different ways. And, you know, it all amounts to just this weird sensory overload where, you know, you want to care and you, you, des- you desperately do care, but the, the kind of pathways to make that known, the pathways to actually make change kind of get muddled. And it, it goes kind of in hand with uh, our next topic. And that is the environment that has kind of shaped us up to this point where, you know, at the end of the day, we do have a part to play and we want to be accountable for things. And we want to, you know, I think something that everyone here can kind of agree with is we want to push things forward and we want uh, the world to be better in the future. But in order to kind of understand how that will look and the processes that we need to take to make that happen, we have to understand the environment that has shaped us. And, you know, we've kind of talked on it briefly already, but it's things from schools to, to businesses to the government itself. You know, these large institutions and these systems have shaped the way that not only we look at media and we look at current events and how we perceive the outside world, but they've also been instrumental in developing how we view action and how we view, uh, you know, the correct course of action is to take when we are confronted with these things. And, you know, that entire web, that that interconnected mess can take a very large toll on your mental health because you might look out and think that, you know, you want this to end. You want uh, racial injustice to end, or you want, uh, you know, the mistreatment of our environment to end. But the entire space around you and the, the bodies of the, the systems in play that would have, you know, provide you the tools to understand what action is, they have kind of muddled that. And now, you know, your connection to the future seems a little bit uh, confusing. So it's that relationship, like continues to make a lot of people feel helpless. So I guess that, you know, that's kind of a bleak point to leave on. But, um, you know, how have these systems and institutions kind of affected you guys personally, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, how you you view the future and how you view what correct actions are. And, you know, 
that is a that's very front loaded. That's a, there's a lot to to go into there. But also, you know, how have you reacted to it? You, given that you've been raised a certain way and uh, the world around you has acted a certain way, how have you kind of uh, cultivated certain actions, certain thoughts to respond accordingly, so that you can still achieve, you know, the future that we believe we want? And again, this that was a very loaded question. Uh, hopefully you know, we can kind of take it piece by piece, but this time we'll start with Joseph. For sure. So I'll, uh, I'll start off with um, the first sort of uh, like big body institution, right? Which is uh, schools. So um, one of the biggest things that uh, university has really uh, shown me is that um, I shouldn't be associating my worth, my personal value to how high or how how low my GPA is. Um, I always felt like I always I always made that sort of connection with the two together that uh, you know that um, I'm this smart or I'm this dumb because of my GPA. And uh, you know, a lot of people say like you're you're sometimes you know book smart doesn't equal doesn't equal to street smart, right? And uh, so I think that like with institutions like uh, such as schools, I've just been able to learn that, you know, that there is a, a world out there and business school has really fostered this is that there's, there's a world out there other than, you know, your studies, other than, you know, trying to get the highest grade. It's about the lessons that you learn within your classes. It's about the connections that you're making with people. It's the network, right? The, the like the that's a key term in business school, the the network that you create, and um, and so moving forward in the future, uh, when I sort of see my network now, and with the recent events that has you know taken place with the Black Lives Matter movement, I've I've associated the Black Lives Matter movement as part of my brand. That's something that's uh, that's part of my identity. That is something that will always going to be. Uh, that is something that I will always going to. Um, that I'm always going to carry. That's that's something that like when people like when people think of um, myself, I don't want them to think of like uh, Joseph from the Asper School of Business or Joseph for, uh, because of co-captain or whatever. I want people to know me as uh, an ally an ally to the Black Lives Matter movement. I want them to know me as a good person. I want them to know me as someone who listens to them, someone who um, is, uh, you know, someone who uh, cares about them. And uh, so sort of like with schools, that's sort of um, what I want to touch on with schools. Uh, but with uh, businesses, like what I want to talk about is just like being intentional with what you want out of uh, out of uh, business, like currently right now, I'm going through CPA recruitment, and uh, you know some of the questions I'm thinking about for my interview is like, what are you doing regarding um, like equity groups? How are you promoting like inclusion within your work environment? And uh, so, just having those like having those like very transparent um, conversations with management, with uh, the people that can actually make a change or can at least like push it forward to the higher ups um because if you never say anything then nothing's ever going to be solved and nobody's ever going to know that this wasn't an issue in the first place you know so um sometimes you do have to you know take that leap of faith like grow your wings uh 
um and uh if like if you like if you stand for something then yeah be vocal about it um and uh yeah because the other thing that i want to make a note of is just like our overall environment like we're the products of our of our own environment right like how social media has become uh an environment in itself right and we're the products of it we're the we're we're the uh we're the products of our own like data that we're giving out um and then uh i, I would say like a lot of the like i'm I would I, I wanted to touch base as well on like just the church um like the church body as well because like I am a Catholic um and I'm from a Catholic family and uh you know religion is religion and faith is a, a very big thing um but what I want to say is that like uh just how progressive the sort of like the 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 church has been um and regarding like like homosexuality and so um i know there's still a lot of steps to be taken forward uh in the future and regarding like including everyone making sure that everyone's uh, feeling safe and secured and just like having like uh having like um like a strict focus on like what's important and which is like like you know the higher up right like god or like the higher power um whichever you believe in so uh just like um on the the lot like on on the note of church as well like i think that what i've understood is like my role it's not just praying it's to take action as well and so that's how that's how church has really shaped me um and knowing that uh it's not just the things that i i think about but it's the things that i do it's the things that i live by every single day and uh so yeah, that's sort of what has made me the way, like who I am right now. And um, as well, just like uh, where I see myself, like where I see the future going with schools, like businesses. Um, and uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think um, first thing I want to say is, you know, Joseph, thank you for being so uh, genuine and being vulnerable with like how you are perceiving the institutions and the environment that have shaped you at this point. Um, before I jump in, Daniel, I would love to hear your take on, you know, this relationship and these institutions as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, like you said, it's a lot to kind of unbox um, uh, and kind of, it's a big loaded question. Um, I think the main thing is, uh, and disclaimer, this is like my unpopular opinion, which some people may think, um, but I think that there's a lot of corruption when it comes to uh, high school education, post-secondary education, government, social media, all those kinds of things. And I think a lot of that corruption has kind of um, stemmed from a long time in the past. And it's been kind of creating uh, issues for how we identify ourselves and how we see ourselves. Um, the first one, uh, I really liked what Joseph said about um, your self-worth isn't tied to your GPA. Um, that really struck forward with me, and I I I feel that on a deep level. Um, just take a step forward. Um, just looking at my notes here, I also said that your self worth um, shouldn't be tied to your mental state, shouldn't be tied to your number of friends that you have, um, and shouldn't be tied to your net worth either. Um, so I went to an all boys high school, uh, graduated in 2016, um, and basically, if you weren't on like a sports team, you basically were like the unpopular kind of fellow. Um, 
So I think it's really important. Like there, there was basically St. Paul's was like the definition of a high school, toxic high school environment. Um, and uh, what I learned was that you, you really need to not associate uh, things that people may like say about you or think about you with your self-worth, because that can be really damaging, um, not just in high school, but like for years to come, because those are things that kind of sit with you. Um, I was listening to, I, it was either a podcast or a book. And basically it was a story of this girl who she was, uh, the, there was a girl who came home one day and she was like singing to her mom and her mom had a really bad day. And uh, her mom told her like, shut up. Like you're singing horribly. Like, I don't want to hear you right now. Like stop singing. Like, um, and that kind of, uh, that kind of scenario. And then what happened for the years to come is this girl never wanted to sing again. And then about 10 years down the road or whatever it was, she sang to this one stranger and they said, your voice is beautiful. Like, why haven't you like kind of blown up? Like, why haven't you been singing to everyone? And it's because of this one thought that somebody planted in her, this one seed that somebody planted in her, this toxic kind of seed, um, just because they were having a bad day. Like her mom probably loved her with all of her heart, but it was just this aspect of, uh, we take criticism very deeply uh, and it kind of scars us very deeply. And I think that what the reason I told you this story is because I think it's really important to realize that some people may say things about you, um, but they might not necessarily mean it or they might have their own deep rooted issues. And that's just kind of their way of unloading it on you. Um, and I think that's really, really important when we're thinking about um, kind of how institutions institutions and individuals in your life kind of shape you uh, and build you to who you are to be because unfortunately we do feed into all these uh, individuals and what their opinions are on us and we do let people plant sometimes toxic seeds in our mind that 10 years down the road uh, you, you can still have depression you can still have anxiety from these things that were said um, that at the time didn't were pretty meaningless in essence um, I think um yeah, the big thing, other thing about going to an all-guys high school is that mental health really isn't a topic. Um, it's definitely something that's underrated. It's not even a topic that's covered by uh, the institution in general. And more so, it's not something that you can really talk about because, like I said, it's this kind of toxic male environment where you don't feel comfortable to kind of share how you truly feel. Like, for example, you can't like go and cry in the locker room. You can't do any of these kinds of things, especially... Uh, from a male standpoint, because we're kind of taught to be macho and that we're kind of taught to suck up our feelings. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest things that's really shaped me into who I am today was this, this sort of corruption within this institution. Um, and I think that th things really need to change. Um, the other, not so much an institution, but something that's really shaped me is uh, the idea of like an immigrant household. So I'm assuming both of you can kind of relate to this, but um, I come from a Russian background, like I mentioned earlier, and you can't really cry in front of your parents. You can't do this. You can't do that because, um, and I think Joseph may have mentioned this in the previous question, but our parents were raised in a different generation. And um, it's unfortunate because it, we kind of uh, have to suck it up at times and we have to kind of deal with these kind of misalignments in our beliefs. But our parents, unfortunately, they were raised in a different generation where they had different problems. They had problems of how to keep food on the table um, and uh, how to make enough money to survive is basically what the big topics were. Mental health wasn't at the top of their priorities. So when it comes to today, they just don't really understand where their, uh, their children may be coming from when it comes down to mental health because they haven't lived through that. Um, so it comes down to really... Uh, 
understanding that emotions are really healthy. Um, and whether you come from an immigrant household or uh, if you're Canadian or what have you, I feel like all of us just really need to embrace our emotions and especially from a male standpoint, like females as well. But um, a big thing recently has just been males embracing uh, emotions and being okay with sharing things. Uh, and I think all of us are very open with sharing things, not just on this podcast, but on social media uh, and being comfortable sharing our opinions on Black Lives Matter and so forth. Um, so that's kind of another, not so much institution, but that's something that kind of um, created who I am today um, and really affected my outlook on life. And it's it's been bittersweet because there's the aspect where like, yeah, there's these kind of negative seeds that, I'm grow- that I've been raised with and that I've had to deal with from uh, a toxic high school environment. Um, but I feel like that wouldn't, I wouldn't be as strong as I am today if it wasn't all those experiences that I've had to go through and kind of cope with. Um, like, yeah, they were the worst things in the moment, but, um, kind of being able to, uh, like I mentioned before, find things that you're grateful for, whether it's like the smallest things that happen in your day. Um, like I'm grateful for all these experiences that I've had to kind of overcome and deal with, because I feel like I've been able to take away very valuable kind of information that I can, uh, share with people in my circle and share with people that, um, care to listen to what kind of my story and what I have to say. Um, but yeah, and then I guess the other kind of institution as well, um, I think there's a lot of corruption in government. And I won't speak too much about government because that's not really my kind of area of expertise. But what I will say is that um, there's a lot of corruption and the government kind of uh, controls things when it comes to social media and general media outlets and kind of what we take in. Um, and we talked about how our generation is so sensitive to things on social media and social media is... I don't know the statistics, but it's arguably the source that we take in the most information. Um, it's probably the source that shapes us the most as a human. Um, so it's unfortunate to see uh, big institutions that should kind of uh, be taking a proper role um, and kind of promoting healthy uh, relationships and kind of like a healthy landscape to kind of uh, feed into this information. Unfortunately, I feel like there's a lot of uh, misregulation when it comes to government and and media and kind of false information and the things that we're kind of taking in. Um, so I think that's also kind of an institution, kind of a barrier moving forward that we, like I said, as millennials and as Gen Zers, kind of have to take into our hands. How are we going to change government policies? How are we going to um, promote a race-free kind of environment or a racism-free environment, I should say? Um, all these kinds of things are really important to consider with institutions. And then even with post-secondary education as well, um, there's a lot of injustice towards students where post-secondary education, their their mission statement is literally to promote the economic well-being of the society and of their students. But it does seem like there is some inconsistencies in kind of their agendas and what their goal really is. Um, which is unfortunate because you look at some places with very strong kind of post-secondary institutions uh, and ideologies. Um, and I think we as students kind of face these burdens, uh, like everything from these massive student loans to uh, mental health because we can't get um, the best education uh, possible for us. Um, and all these kinds of things, all these institutions, as you mentioned, Miguel, really feed into kind of who we are today. Um, and kind of our future outlook. And I think just a takeaway of everything that I've kind of said here is um, we really tend to, uh, like I said, we tend to discount um, all the like criticism that we receive in life 
um, or all the dis all the compliments that we receive in life, and then we tend to overweigh all the criticisms. So I think it's really important to look at all these institutions and realize how we kind of play a role uh, in moving forward and kind of take all these institutions and all the kind of maybe injustices that have been done to ourselves and our community and realize, first of all, what has been done, as Joseph said, educate ourselves on the issue. And then how are we going to take what we've learned and all these injustices and all these uh, horrible things that may have happened in our personal lives and how are we going to change the world moving forward? Um, and that's a big broad statement. And there's a lot, um, as you said, to kind of unpack in that and kind of uh, there is a big role for us. But I think uh, it's just something that we have to kind of take on as a role and as a society. Um, and yeah. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot said there that I really want to go back into. And primarily, I want to pull a bit from what Joseph said earlier about, you know, being from a business school and getting that realm of education, you realize how much uh, businesses kind of impact, you know, the entire uh, environment around them. And there's a lot of power that businesses have in shaping not only like policy, but uh, the behavior of the people that, uh, you know, receive benefit from their activities. If you are someone living in a neighborhood that has a supermarket nearby, a superstore, whatever it is, you know, superstore has sort of this role and this impact on you as an individual. And kind of touching on what uh, the, the biggest point, I think, Joseph, with uh, the uh, with the business standpoint is that we're kind of now receiving this this uh, better understanding of our role as uh, incoming graduates that you know we we can impact things and we do have a we do have potential to affect the the communities and the people around us purely on the basis of you know we've cracked open this door we are now part of this this club of businesses of business people that will be impacting how uh, lives are lived. So you know, as incoming graduates, we do have a very uh, prestigious position here. Of when we go in and we you know assume the full time work, assume uh, these positions of you know where as a kid you wouldn't necessarily have these this influence, but now you do. And I think it's we're kind of lucky in that sense that uh, our schools are teaching us to you know be leaders and you, you could use your your influence as a source of good. And I'm you know in in that realm, I'm very optimistic for people our age because we're we're taught to kind of be holistic with our decision making. And I think that it's something that you know the three of us can echo, even though uh, Daniel and Joseph come from a completely different institution. We're all taught to kind of uh, view these things holistically and uh, understand the role that we have to play. So I thought that was very, very powerful. And then the second bit, and this is more so on uh, what Daniel said about schools, you might think it's a little bit uh, out of the blue to talk about high school at, you know, at the stage where we're about to graduate and we're about to be full-fledged adults. But what Daniel said is completely 100% true. There is some shit that you probably heard in 10th grade that you hold on to that you know has has made an impact onto you, your soul onto your heart whether it's like you know you can't sing and now you you hesitate to pick up any mic at a karaoke bar as something small as that to 
someone in you know ninth grade might have said that you have a big forehead and these are very comical examples and we can laugh about it but for a lot of people this is where their insecurities kind of start from and it's this weird dynamic that we have as children you know doing things that we think are playful and doing things that you know we don't perceive the harm that it can leave with people but as you grow up and you know these things don't necessarily leave you you get a lot of really jaded individuals who you know in light of a pandemic in light of injustice you know they might be harboring emotions and resentment for people that prevent them from understanding their impact on the rest of the world and their impact on change so it might seem a little bit uh all over the place in terms of what we've been discussing today but it's all really connected you know it's all really part of this this grander scheme of you know, the world is curated in, in this way and things are happening in, in these ways where uh, children are harboring emotions that they take forward and now they're a little bit stifled in their ability to to learn about themselves and their ability to impact the world because, you know, the institutions have kind of, in some ways, really excelled in providing us opportunities to to be better. But in other ways, too, we have felt the damages of that and we felt the the bits of negligence that uh unfortunately exist and you know it's it kind of goes into our last topic here about progression and growth and when we look at these things and we look at this relationship now that we've kind of seen the entire web of like you know covid and injustice and the current events have uh pushed this out of us where we can examine where we're from uh, the the factors that have played into it and you know, going forward, we, we have identified some of these issues. We know that there are problems within our systems and our institutions. And at the end of the day, we all want better. And it doesn't matter if you're a university student like us, or if you're you know, working as an electrician currently, or if you're going to trade school, whatever, people our age, we want better. And we're in the most prime position to kind of guide what better looks like and define what better looks like and, you know, be a part of that change and instituting that change. So the, the last couple bits of questions here is, you know, what does better look like to you guys in general? Like what does the concept of better look like for you guys? And Joseph has his, his uh, mic unmuted. So I think he wants to start us off. <laughs> Yeah, so I just wanted to actually um, just go back on like a little bit of uh, the institutions part. Um, I think that when a lot of university students, uh, because high school and high school and university are so different, right? In terms of the independence, in terms of uh, your schedules, right? There's a lot more. There's a lot more free time when it comes to university, and uh, you're not seeing the same people every single day like high school, and I know personally in my first year I felt really lonely um like from the like from like orientation from the very first day of orientation um to just like uh the rest of that full like first full year and um you know I think that uh I was I'm pretty lucky to be like a business student because like you're just sort of like pushed into these group projects into these student groups and um to get involved and uh, grow your network right but uh, I think we also have to consider like all of the the other university students that sort of don't have that um, that community or that group that they can reach out to 
And, uh, you know, one thing I just want to like, sort of um, like nail down is that like, you're not alone, like you're not alone when it comes to like, how you're feeling, like any insecurity that you're feeling, um, like any sort of anxiety that you feel towards like lectures, um, like presentations. And, uh, you know, uh, I think the best way is just to sort of um, kind of just like, slow, like, it's, it's not, it's not like, I, w I wouldn't say like, you have to like join a group or anything like that. Or, um, but just like, uh, whenever you like, whenever you sort of are feeling down, like, uh, I think like, it's just like, saying hi to like, it's maybe it's like simple acts, like saying hi to, you know, your classmates, or, you know, um, trying to sort of like make a friend in your, your lecture. And um, so I think like those small actions really, like compound to bigger ones. And um, yeah, I, I just want to sort of, uh, like, uh, to like empathize, um, like with other university students, because I know, uh, uh, there, there are a lot of other uh, students, like business students, like st actually business students are also not um, not excluded from this conversation as well of like feeling sort of like alone and uh, not not feeling like they they belongs to a certain group. Um, but yeah, I think uh, just it, it does get better in terms of like when in terms it does get better, but uh, you do have to sort of um, like extend your hand to someone else, right? Um, whether it's like someone from like the institution itself, like a professor or, uh, you know, like your classmate. Um, but yeah, you do have to sort of uh, extend your hand and, uh, you know, uh, you don't have to extend it fully, but just like meet, meet someone halfway, right? Because like other people are feeling the same way as you are and the insecurity and the anxiety. Um, but to your point, like Miguel, when you ask like what's better, I think I already a little bit um, talked about this, but just like listening and reciprocating come hand in hand. And uh, what I mean by this is like if you listen the entire time and you're not reciprocating whatsoever, yes, it's good because you're consuming all of that like knowledge and information. But the thing is like, how is that? how's this person that you're receiving information from, how are they going to know like that you're like that you're um, that their voice is important and uh, you know, what they said matters to you. Um, and then if you're reciprocating the entire time, then you're just not listening to what the other person's saying. Right. And uh, so you're not really getting to the core of what someone is saying. Um, so I think both of those like really come in hand in hand, very important uh, things that like that you need to have in terms of like, whether it's like in the workforce, whether it's just being a good friend, whether it's just being a good like human being. Um, and then uh, as well, just like less judgment, more understanding. Um, I think you have to not make assumptions. Assumptions are really dangerous. So this is something I'm, I sort of like had a conversation with, with my other friend, um, just like not make too many, like don't make assumptions like in any sort of situation. Yes, we, we it's very automatic that we sort of make assumptions on why someone may treat us this way or why someone will, um, you know, will, uh, you know, will insult us or will treat us badly or treat us poorly. Um, 
but uh, you know, like sometimes it's like a project uh, projection, right? That that person makes, the instigator makes, and so, um, yeah, not make assumptions. Just like trying to again extend that hand, trying to understand that other person in any way that you can, um, because it's it's not your fault. I, I watched Goodwill Hunting like last week. That was like one of the like the key like lines. Um, I highly recommend it, but like it's not your fault um, if you're like the victim of or if you've been feeling like a victim uh, because you know it's that other person's. And uh, um, the other thing that I do want to mention as well is just like uh, like being better. Just like just means like just like acting by acting by like the the words that um just acting by the words that you like kind of be inspired by so just like transform not just like oh i you know not just having that mindset but just like living through it you know embodying it um day in and day out like what do you stand for what are your values being true to yourself um and because at the end of the day, like you're going, like you're waking up to your own self, you're going to bed uh, with your own self, like, and, uh, you know, there's only a, a finite amount of time we have on earth. So just like being honest, like living through your, your values and, uh, everything else will work out for itself. Beautiful. So first thing, Good Will Hunting slaps, love that movie. I think, uh, if anything, if you're going to take away anything from this episode, go watch Good Will Hunting. Um, but no, entirely echoing Joseph's point, you know, there's, uh, when we, when we think about taking like form, formative action and wanting to instigate that change, it is very, it's a very beneficial exercise to kind of think about, you know, what inspires you and making that actionable, you know, like we, we have an idea of where we want to be. And that in a sense, you know, being the best, the best versions of ourselves. But it's very rare that we can kind of take that image and make it actionable. You know, so I think on like what Joseph has kind of described so far has been on an individual basis, look at, you know, your definition of better and formulate exactly how it is you can get there. And if you can kind of make that reasonable and make it uh, things that you can follow and practice, then you'll reach there. And if you achieve that sort of that state day by day, and you're faced with these opportunities where you can make an impact on someone's life, then you're just better equipped to, to do that. And I think it's really important, everything that Joseph has said uh, in that last bit about, you know, better can come down to how you act and, you know, it's important to remember your power in that. And I've, I've, I've jumped in already, but Daniel, you know, what does better look like for you? Uh, yeah, so once again, um, fully in agreement with everything Joseph was saying, just to tie things back, uh, one quick second of post uh, or two uh, institutions. Um, I really like Joseph's point about uh, post-secondary. Like, I didn't want to sound doom and gloom with everything I said about corruption, all that stuff, because there are great things that the institutions are doing. Um, such as like within Asper, like being able to be have the privilege to be forced into student groups 
uh, and student projects and so forth. I feel like I personally come from the back from a background when I was younger, where I would be, I would literally be so scared uh, to go and go to like a grocery store clerk and ask them what aisle the bread was in. Like that's the level of shyness I was at. Um, and I feel like I've personally came so far from that. And that's not to boast um, like, oh, this is my personal development, but that's to show that um, I've grown this much from post-secondary education and being able to, uh, once again, going back to what I said, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. I was able to kind of embrace uh, like being part of these groups. Like at first it was the scariest thing ever to go up in front of a class and do a marketing presentation. But those are kind of things that, really build you to who you are today and really play a huge part so if there's one thing that i wanted you guys to take away from anything i've said today and what joseph kind of was leading towards is get involved like i i don't want to make this all about education but i think involvement in post-secondary education and student groups has, has been the biggest thing for me personally um in getting that kind of personal development and um uh going on to what you were asking about what better looks like um Joseph took like a bunch of my points so I guess I'll just like reiterate I guess my perspective of it but like what Joseph said I think is really powerful about less judgment and more understanding um I think I also in in the past I've come from a background where I think we're all guilty of of judging people based on what's on the surface um and uh I I'm guilty for that as well where I've really realized that I do have to take kind of a step back from the situation sometimes uh, and look at what's beneath the surface and really understand where uh, this, this, the root of all of this, um, this anger or this, um, this kind of perspective is coming from. So I think the aspect of less judgment is really important for, for myself. And I feel for a lot of people our age um, to kind of take away from this um, and then also take action. I think uh, a lot of the time we place the blame on other individuals in our community. We place the blame on our, our parents maybe for raising us a certain way, um, or we place the blame on our predecessors for leaving us with a corrupt government and a world that's going to end in, in the next few years because of climate change possibly um, if we don't take action. I, I feel like a lot of the time we do play this blame game and I'm guilty for that where I like to point my finger at like, oh, it's because of these people who uh, like global warming get to the point that it's at right now. But I think it's really important to take a step back and say, okay, maybe they left us with this world, but pointing fingers is just going to keep delaying the issue and we're not going to get anywhere with that. So I really try to pull it back and say, okay, they left us with this scenario, but how can I in my life uh, or in my following uh, or my social circle be able to kind of promote change? Um, if it's something like global warming, like how can I make choices in my household um, to make the world a better place to live on? Um, and I think the other important thing is introspection and extrospection. So I think it's really important to introspect on yourself and understand who you are, understand your limits as we've talked about um, for the past hour about how important it is to really understand your emotions um, and kind of your role in uh, the bigger kind of society. <clears throat> society. Um, and an extrospection is basically how can I now take my role, my understanding role of my emotions uh, and my role in the community, and how can I go out and make this actionable change? 
um, because I think a lot of people, um, and like I've done this in the past, is I just jump on it, uh, like with Black Lives Matter. I just started reposting. I started um, just going on and on. I started going off about Black Lives Matter um, and these racial injustices. And there came a point where I completely burned out. And there was a point where um, I felt like people thought that I didn't care about the movement anymore because, frankly, I just stopped posting about it. But I, it's because I got, it wasn't because I didn't care. It was because I got to this point where I was mentally exhausted from this huge intake, as we talked about, um, of taking in all this negative news and this negative information. Um, so I think it's really important to kind of moderate yourself and kind of find an in-between where you are raising um, awareness for based on your values of things you care about. But at the end of the day, you also have to take your yourself into consideration and your mental health. Um, and it's something that's really important to consider when you're taking on big issues uh, that we face in our society today. Um, and then I think the last thing I wanted to say was um, seek help. If you need help, um, whether it's therapy, um, I think there's therapy and mental health in general is very stigmatized. Um, I think it's really important um, in bettering your community. You also have to better yourself, as I said, that introspection aspect. And a big part of that is seeking help when you need it. Um, we've all faced issues in life, and I feel like sometimes we feel like we're all alone uh, in our situations, and we have to cope with it in our own ways, um, and we don't want to seek help from whether it's your parents or somebody that you look up to. Um, uh, Joseph talked about guidance counselors in our conversations in the past, just things like that, where it's being okay and being comfortable with reaching out to people because there are people out there uh, who want to help our generation out. Um, and we might arguably be the generation that's most exposed to a lot of these mental health uh, risks and things that are associated with social media and media outlets and so forth. So I think just to tie things together, um, seek help if you need it um, and take time to figure out your role as a whole and then how that can play into the community and how you can take actionable stuff. I just wanted to say a couple of things because I'm going to forget this thought. Um, but just in regards to like moderation, uh, I know like Daniel and I, like we've talked about sort of like what we've done throughout like university and like, um, but also just ease yourself into it, you know, start small, get 1% better, you know, learn, uh, learn like plan out your steps so that you're, uh, you're disciplined. Um, with your values it's not you know sometimes like we talk about like motivation and stuff like that but yeah it could be you could easily be burnt out right like daniel mentioned uh regarding like the large like uh consumption intake with social media with the black lives matter movement i was the same i, I was in the same state as well um so I, I would say like looking back on it i would just like ease myself more into it uh because like i mean it's it sucks to say, but yeah, like police brutality and like racial injustice is not going to be solved like overnight. And um, so yeah, just start small, feel yourself out, um, and uh, that's what yeah, that's what I, that's that's my two cents on what Daniel just mentioned about moderation. Beautiful, and you know I want to take a moment to kind of recognize that we started this entire conversation off by looking at the biggest problems that we're exposed to and, you know, from racial injustice to the environment to, you know, the entire situation with the pandemic, we've 
looked at everything from such a broad lens. And then when it came down to, you know, how do we get better? What are the steps to getting better? That it's interesting how we've kind of focused in on, you know, make it actionable and take your steps and do the the little bit that you can every day. And, you know, that amounts to something. I think that uh, a lot of people, when they look at these big outstanding issues, when they look at mental health in general, they, they want to, you know, work between their, the zero and the absolute 100 of, you know, like we want to, we want to observe things in these extremes, but what ends up happening is we forget the small steps and we forget that, you know, progress is made by doing the little bit you can every single day and then challenging yourself to do more and to do more. And eventually we end up with what better looks like. So it's, a very beautiful and uh, poetic way to kind of surmise what we've been talking about. And um, I think that we, we have discussed uh, a lot of very interesting and uh, complicated issues. And I'm hoping by, by this point, you kind of get the idea that one, you know, the biggest problems that we're seeing right now, they're not completely hopeless. We do have a lot to say about uh, progress and we have a lot to say about how things get better. And also, I hope that in the in the the process of listening to this episode that, you know, there's a little bit of hope that sparks up when you realize that, you know, the three of us haven't really connected beforehand, but we have all, you know, decided upon better and we've all chose to be not toxic men. And, you know, like there's uh, it's it's beautiful to kind of see that and to make these connections and, you know, uh, it's a point that we've kind of included in the notes and maybe we haven't had a chance to touch on it, but you know, we got to keep having these conversations and uh, we have to, you know, in taking small steps to improve ourselves and to improve the world at large, you know, take that opportunity as well to inspire the people around you. And I think that uh, it's a very important piece and it's a very important area that we can have impact is immediately with the people in our communities and with our families and our friends, et cetera, et cetera. So I think with that, that kind of wraps us all up nicely with, you know, our biggest, our biggest topics of today. Uh, before we kind of wrap up, I'm again, extremely thankful to have Daniel and Joseph here to, you know, speak on their own behalf and, talk a little bit about, you know, how, how they see the world, what makes them them. It's been a very fantastic, almost two hours now. Uh, actually, no, it's been exactly two hours now, but that, that excuses the technical issues that we had. But all in all, it's been a very fruitful conversation. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here and for being yourselves. Uh, any last little plugs you guys want to make? Any last little points? The floor is yours. Uh, last plug or two plugs actually. So I just want to, I'm not sure if the first uh, edit kind of caught this quote, but like in regards to racial injustice and just speaking out, if you're neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. So speak up. Um, and then the second thing I want to say is that uh, like sometimes you have to put your oxygen mask on first before you put it on others. So uh, just looking out for yourself and then when you do look out for yourself, never say sorry when you're asking for help because you reaching out to someone else means that they are worthy 
and that you respect them enough to ask for help. Daniel, take it away. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think Miguel really wrapped it up nicely in saying that kind of we're all in this together. Um, I think it's really important to recognize that there are people. And if you feel like you are kind of overwhelmed with all the information that you're receiving through social media um, or through your mental health uh, kind of issues, I think it's really important to know that there are people out there uh, who've 100% been in your shoes and 100% would love to have a conversation with you. Um, honestly, I'm super grateful for for kind of my background, as I mentioned earlier. And, and I have had tons of struggles, but I've had tons of great things happen. And it's kind of built me into who I am today. And I think both of you guys can completely relate to that as well. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm just grateful for my for my social circle and my friends and family and everyone that's kind of built me up into who I am today. Um, and uh, super shameless plug here of my social media. Uh, <laughs> my Instagram is Daniel underscore Schenk, S-C-H-I-N-K. And the reason I'm telling this isn't to like uh, push my personal agenda, but rather uh, I'm always open to have conversations. I sometimes post uh, things about mental health on my stories and like I love having these conversations and I have people that sometimes reach out about certain situations that they're going through and they just want to have a chat. So I'm always open to having um, a chat, whoever they, that might be and provide my insight on the situation. Um, and yeah, like I said, we're all in this together. So I think it's important to, uh, kind of use our resources and use our social circle. Um, but yeah, thanks, Miguel, for uh, for having Joseph and I. True blessing to be on here as well. Of course. Thank you guys so much for all the greatness that we've shared in this little bit of time together. Uh, hopefully, you know, we can stay connected and we can all kind of grow in this in this weird world that we have. But without further ado, thank you so much for listening today. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Take care.